right, let's get it. Let's get started. Then y'all want to welcome everybody into episode two of Coach's Corner. And today I have um I have Haley Mining back and also Katie Cave back. And today we're gonna talk about leadership and the different types of leadership that there are. Um so so Haley, um I know you know I made a, a good Facebook post and and you, you are a, a lead by example, right? So um talk about your role like in once you got to college, your role, like what how did you lead by example, like on the softball field? Yeah. Um I'm I'm more of like that intense kind of player like I am not one of those people that are like doing all those cheers and um like jumping up and down in the dugout like I am the one that's like paying attention to this every little detail in the game like if I'm noticing signals or something else um I just kind of go out there and when I when I got to Arkansas my freshman year I just you know you're like the low man on the totem pole and there's 27 other people on the field so you're just gonna have to do your thing and that's that's kind of how I decided to go about my business is that you know if I work the hardest that I could possibly work then you know if I lead that way I don't have to be very vocal about it you know because I think actions speak louder than words especially you know when you're maybe not like in a position necessarily always looked at as leadership like a freshman and then I kind of carry that through on a Tulsa too, because, you know, you transfer, then you're again, the low man on the totem pole and you're just like, I got to prove myself. And so I just came out there and I enjoyed practice and, and I worked my hardest at practice. And that's actually how I ended up finding my way as an outfielder is that I went out during BP and would practice like actual reps in shagging. And then my coach was like, Oh man, she can play a little outfield. So that's, that's kind of how I, I did that in college. Okay. And Katie, what, what type of, what type of leader were you? Um, I think I was a little bit the way that she was, but also I am very loud and vocal on the field. Um, like I was a catcher, so like calling the plays, but I just celebrated everything, you know, the small stuff, the big stuff. Um, but I definitely, you know, worked really hard on the field and every single practice I was all in no matter what, like 110% going, going, going. Um, I didn't really slow down until practice was over. Um, but definitely, you know, talking other people up, Hey, come on, let's go. Hey, I got you. Hey, you know, try it this way. You know, if you need help or things like that. Um, because as a freshman, I came in, it's kind of like, you don't know at first, kind of like she had explained. Um, but then I ended up starting and behind the plate. And so that was kind of something to get used to. Um, I had a hard time at first, only because my coach was always yelling at me doing this. And then finally, one of the seniors was just kind of like, no, pay attention. You know, when they're yelling at you, you know, they, they, believe in you you know and so then you kind of start seeing okay and so I kind of just did my thing and you know I was always super loud energetic you know cheering for every single person and I just I don't know I'm a huge energy person so okay that's kinda, uh, yeah 
Okay. Um, and um, I mean, uh, Haley, you can go first on this one. Um, can you share an example of a time um, where you demonstrated like some leadership, effective leadership on the softball field? And did it change like the way the team was performing? Um, that's a tough one. <laughs> hard. That is rough. <laughs> um, I the thing that comes to mind isn't necessarily a thing that like I guess changed an outcome for the team necessarily. Mm. Um, before I got to college, I was actually really like not confident and a lot more shy and it, that completely changed when I got to college. Cause I was like, well, you know, what do you have to lose? Let's just, you know, work on it. And I became one of the more confident pitchers on the team where in high school, that would not be any of the top, even the top 10 words to describe me as a pitcher was not, not confident. So going into college and then turning that around, just four or five years later, you know, a freshman comes to me and is like, how are you just so confident? Like when you're pitching. And I think like, that's the first thing that came to my mind, but it's like not exactly the example you're looking for. And Mm -hmm. I, but it's something that like, I just did what I did day to day and she noticed and that she asked. And I tried to, I definitely tried to help her. And I was like, you know, I, I just kind of worry about me, honestly, and <laughs> like, I, I just kind of go out there and do it because, you know, at the end of the day, if you suck, you know, you're still going to have a chance. So <laughs> that's what I told myself. Um, and that's what I told her um, a lot more, obviously, than just that. But that's the, that's the example that comes to my mind. I'm going to try and think of something better for you. But <laughs> Hey, but, but if you think about it, maybe that helped her work ethic, you know, yeah. like, if you if you worry about yourself and not be worrying about if the next person is throwing five more pitches a day than me, you know what I mean? Like just focus on yourself. And that's just like in life, people like to compare their life to other people. Mm-hmm. Life. Like you can't, you know what I mean? Like your chapter, your book is wrote and their book is wrote. Yeah. Follow your book and and that's it. Okay. confidence feeds off confidence too so mm-hmm. we kind of talked about that today we had a big workout um with a few teams and we talked about passing the bat and just being confident and how that it bleeds over to the next person in the next so your confidence on the mound probably bleed it over to more girls mm-hmm. than you think Let's hope. So. <laughs> yeah Okay, Katie, what's what what you got? What's yours? Um, can I come from it from a coaching perspective? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, the biggest thing, so when I first came to um Clearbrook and I was coaching, um, last year was my first year and I was really worried because everyone, oh, it's a rough program, you know, they're this, they're that. And um coming in, I talked to especially the older girls just about setting an example and playing the game with respect and being a professional on the field, even though they are in high school. And so I'll never forget, um, we're playing in a tournament and this was early in the season. And I had been talking to him, like, be a professional. You know, somebody says something to you, you walk away, like be a professional. And um, we had an issue with the team and the girl that was up was left-handed. I was calling pitches. I'm on the first base side. And I couldn't tell if the ball hit her or not. And so I kind of asked the umpire, I'm like, hey, did it hit her? 
And the girl turned around and kind of was a little mouthy to me. And I was like, wow, okay. You know? And so I kind of looked over to the coach and I'm like, Hey, you know, that's, that's, you know, very disrespectful. And the other coach was just looked at me and was like, stay in your lane. And I'll never forget that moment because all of those girls that I've been preaching to about play with respect, you know, play the game with respect, be a professional kind of looked at me. And I just, in that moment had to be like, okay, I need to practice what I preach here because, you know, I need to set an example. And I think that that kind of set the tone early on for our team, uh, for the high school team. Um, Cause I think they were, they were a lot more upset than I was in that moment. <laughs> and so, but to, for that to happen and for them to kind of see like, okay, like coach cave, like she didn't go out and just flip out on this lady or, you know, mm -hmm. and then after the game, obviously, like I talked to her respectfully. Um, and I think that had a huge impact, not just on our future, like on that game, but like on the whole season, um, because you kind of just like saw a shift of respect just when they played and like for each other and, you know, even teams that we are playing that some teams get mouthy sometimes and it's like, mm -hmm. okay, like it does work, like just kind of keep going. So I think that's like one of the biggest things that I took away, you know, all last season. Mm -hmm. and, and Katie, you know, so you coach high school and then you mm -hmm. coach a 2012 team. Yes. Um. So do how do you go about having leaders – on on those two teams i think they come in all different shapes sizes forms um mental capability uh things like that um because you have kids that are uh, i would like call meat eaters right kids that are intense kids that are just out there 100 percent wilding out you know like they're meat eaters and like people feed off that. And then you have maybe more silent leadership. Um, and I have one of each, especially in high school. Um, the girl that's going to UT, I mean, she's just like holds people accountable. She's a meat eater. But then I also have another girl, you know, that's kind of more soft spoken, but leads silently. Um, and that's, I think I have a little bit of that on both my teams. Um, I don't think the 2012 team really mentally right now, like we have some fifth graders, um, and some sixth graders. So kind of like the meat eater aspect or, you know, it's maybe a little more beyond their years at this moment. Um, but I will say with that group, it is, they are always there for each other. So um, we've, we've had the same girls for the last three years, pretty much give or take a few. Um, and so I think it's more of like that friendship leadership bond that they have, but any one of them, you know, will turn around and say, Hey, don't, don't worry about it. Hey, I got you. And so that's, you know, I don't know if that answered your question. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I understand it. I understand it. <laughs> and Haley, like you give lessons. When you give lessons, do you give them like in a group at times, or is it just one on one every time? Um, usually one on one. I I've had like a few where there was two, but most most of the time it's one on one unless you know they have a catcher involved. Sometimes, mm -hmm. sometimes. Okay, so like when you do the when you do the um the pitching angel, mm -hmm. right? Do you do you speak to the girls on on leadership like? 
being on the mound, you know, just just different types of it, you know, because a pitcher can lead by example and they can also be very, very vocal. Yeah. Like which which pitcher would you want on your team? Not saying either one, you know, is something is wrong with either one, but just you personally, which one would you want on your team if you was a coach? You know, I I guess I would say the ones that's more like me, which is, I mean, I keep, I would say I'm almost somewhere in the middle because I'm not super vocal, but um, I tend to be like going back. My routine in the circle was basically walk to the back of the circle, even outside of the circle, because I, I tended to rush. So I forced myself to walk, even if it was quickly, mm-hmm. pretty far. And I would change the subject because I have ADD and my brain works that way. And I go out there and I'd be like, Hey, you know, we've got one out plays at one or, or whatever the situation is. And I come back and I just refocus on, on the pitch. I don't know if I would call that super vocal. Um, but you know, when there are great plays, I do want you to kind of go over, go and celebrate it. Right. You know, mm-hmm. I think they're making great plays behind you. Be like, Hey, that was awesome. Like go, but I tended to go find them after the inning you know, and be like, Hey, that was awesome. Like coming off the field, go meet them. So I'm a little bit more, I relate more to the, I guess that quiet leadership. So I guess I would say I would lean more towards that just because I think that I could help that kind of style better. Cause that's more where I'm at. Mm-hmm. And Katie, the same question for you. Um, that's hard. Um, I think you need both. Like you need those girls that are only because like, I feel like I'm loud and outspoken, but then like I'll use Lily. So she's my daughter as an example. She's the complete opposite as of me, kind of like you um, on the mound. Like she's not like super loud or like, you know, celebrates in a big way. She'll, you know, something good happens. She'll like clap her hands and, you know, and mm-hmm. fist pump maybe. But I'm like the complete opposite where like you make a great play, like even coaching, I'm like out there yelling, like, let's go, you know, like, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, I hear you. I hear yes, you. <laughs> I know you do. And and it doesn't matter for who, like, you know, like, yeah, I'm just a very loud person. And so, um, you know, I think you kind of need a little bit of both, you know, you need somebody to bring the energy um, and things like that and kind of bounce off. Um, but you also need other people like Lily or a girl from my high school. Her name's Estrella you need people like that to kind of bring that down, right. To kind of like, like she said, to refocus and, you know, you're going to have that bad inning. And sometimes even me, like I'll get too intense and I'll get too like hyped up. I need that person next to me to be like, Hey, like we got this, don't worry, you know, or just somebody who's silently confident, um, to be like, we got your back, like, you know? And so I think you kind of need a good mix. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it. I, I look at it as there's really no wrong answers. Yeah. Because, I mean, you got so many different types of of leaders. So it, that that's why I kind of, you know, I like I like the debate. Not really a debate, but to hear both sides of, of what y'all have to say. To see just, you know, how much they are the same and how much they differ. So, um, Katie, we saw with you on this one. What are some key leadership qualities you developed as a softball player 
and how do you apply them in your everyday life? Um, I would say just to like work hard. Um, cause you know, uh, it's a grind and it doesn't matter what you do in life. You have to work at it. Um, and I think failure is probably a huge part of it. Um, you know, but as far as like leadership, like if you fail at something like get up, go, let's go again, you know, keep moving forward, keep getting better. You know, you want to get 1% better every single day. And that's kind of, you know, it, your job. I mean, when you have a job, you have a profession, like you have to keep getting better, do what you're supposed to do, show up on time. Um, so like as a leader, you know, work hard, show up on time, um, control your attitude, your effort, things like that. Um, you know, that bleeds over into your everyday life. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Haley, the same, same question for you. Yeah. Um, I definitely, I definitely agree with working hard. I think that's, like so obvious when you look at any athlete you know mm-hmm. that's why I think they're really successful in a lot of things they do and it, honestly recently I connected with one of my former teammates from like 12U and it was really interesting like actually hearing her perspective of what she remembered from me just from that long ago and one of the things she said is that she's like I remember you just being that person that like you expected everyone to work hard And it didn't matter, like, if you messed up or not, like, if you weren't performing well, as long as you were trying hard, you, you, uh, you didn't have a problem with it, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that mentality and allowing yourself to understand that you can have a level of failure and still succeed because you just keep trying, just, I think that is one of the biggest things I think I learned from softball and, like, leading the girls that I coach in that direction where it's like perfection is not what you're trying to achieve you know it's that continued hard work because you can apply that to anything you do so mm-hmm. right and um so when you know did softball help with y'all leadership skills or was it that y'all have you know good leadership skills before before y'all really got into softball um I played softball since I was five or six but um considering kind of what I said earlier I mean I was really shy in high school I went to private school and you know I I barely had a, a friends outside of any of my softball teammates so And I honestly, would I consider myself like a a leader necessarily? Maybe not. I I wasn't, I wasn't the person that people necessarily voted for to be like the team captain or this and that. But I, I felt like it was because I wasn't super vocal because I always did my stuff. I, I definitely agree softball would be the thing that taught me the most about leadership because I mean, I'm looking at my experience outside of softball which is not a lot of time like you already know because you're mm-hmm. you've got your daughter going and, and and you're in you're in you don't have a lot of time outside of softball so you got to get everything you can out of it yeah softball I can't believe how it just changed your whole life it does I how- honestly can't even picture what my life would even look like had I not been a softball player like that is such an unfathomable um idea to me so it's 
kind of wild to think about that something so seemingly insignificant to a lot of people is like the core <laughs> of mm-hmm. who I am, you know? So. Yeah. Oh yeah, I get it. I get it. I have a a daughter that's like that. Like she just don't know nothing else other than softball. I tried to get her to play other sports and it's none of it's working. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You just have to kind of tell her like it'll help with softball. <laughs> and yeah, but she don't like to, her thing is she don't like to practice other sports because she feel like if anything she can play catch or something. Like it just has to yeah. be I try. Trust me, I try. Yeah. I played and, uh, basketball, but I that was the only other sport I played. Mm-hmm. No. Only play basketball. This yeah. uh and Katie, the same. Like how how did, did softball help you? you know, with uh, your leadership skills in everyday life? I think she got disconnected. She got disconnected? Oh, yep, she's not on. Okay, hold up a second. Okay, in the meantime. Okay, we'll keep on going, chill. Get right. <laughs> yeah. Um what like is in so let's go back to like um well let's do go to like pitching lessons. Hello? Uh, there you go. Okay, I don't know what happened. I could hear y'all, but y'all couldn't hear me. Uh oh. Yep. I heard your okay. question. Uh, well, um, so for me, so I mm-hmm. was kind of of Haley, so I didn't start playing until I was about twelve. Um, but softball really helped me, I guess. Um mm-hmm. my parents weren't really my parents, they were more like a friend and you know, things like that. So I think for me, softball throughout high school, um, kept me out of trouble, (laughs) um, Mm. kept me out of trouble and things like that. And then really, you know, I could have done more outside of practice and, and stuff like that and whatever, but I ended up making it to college and, and playing. Um, and I think that's where it really freshman year, I really kind of just took off and kind of like that leadership role kind of started happening because everybody around you has the same goal that you do now. Um, and so then you just, I think that really helped me. Okay. And um, so Katie, we'll start with you um, growing, you know, once you got to high school, who was the the person that you looked up to as, as a leader? Like what position did they play? I mean, if you don't remember the name, I mean, that's okay. Oh, hi. That was so long ago. Oh, I'm showing my age. Honestly, and this is going to sound super cliche, um, I just remember Kat Osterman and Monica Abbott. Like, those two, mm-hmm. it would, like, Monica, um, not Monica, but Kat Osterman was still at Texas, um, and I just remember watching her, um, because softball wasn't what it is now like it was not really 
on TV or not really, you know, there it, it didn't get all the publicity that it gets now. And mm-hmm. so you just kind of like heard about it or you got to go to the games, you know, things like that. Um, but I just remember Kat Osterman and I remember I was 16 you and I remember seeing her because she used to coach for a team in Austin called the Austin Storm or the Texas Storm. Um, and I remember getting her autograph um, and that was really cool. Uh, and then there was a lady named Dot uh, Richardson um, when I was young and that was a lot of fun to meet her and stuff. So I probably just showed my age a little bit there. <laughs> Dot, Dot is really cool. Yes, I got to meet her when I was young um, or younger, you know, uh, but it's it was. <laughs> yeah, so those those three women were were really big when I played when I was in high school and stuff. So. Okay, Haley, what, what, who was your leader? Like, what, who did you look up to? What players you looked up to growing up? I mean, my favorite player is Jenny Finch, hands down. There's, I didn't, yeah, I would, I would argue to the end about, you know, Jenny Finch is the greatest, right? But, mm-hmm. um, you know, she, she speaks for herself. Uh, for the actual, like, real life, in person, the I like the leadership that I feel like helped me the most is and we've talked about it before is Amanda Scarborough I mean being to able to be coached by her and also like I guess I would call her mentor I mean she's the one that I feel like I grew the most because of her whether pitching even just mentally and part of the game even outside of softball I think you know I was so, so, so incredibly focused on my goals that I feel like it almost, like I was so hard on myself that it almost got in the way of me even achieving things that I think that leadership in in her and even, I guess, Jenny Finch, because, you know, she started doing all kinds of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Seeing that, I think, was a huge help to me. And yeah, I mean... Don't feel too bad. I love, I love all of the, I have the 2004 Olympic team autograph helmet that I like won when I was 12 in like a, <laughs> a auction because I was, I think I was the only one who knew who all they, all of them were <laughs> <laughs> um, because I was again, like so deeply like obsessed with like statistics and the team USA. I was so convinced that I was going to be playing for team USA and um that's how hardcore I was I guess um but yeah I mean if I had to single two ladies out that would be those would be my two okay right that's not that's not some bad leaders y'all got there (laughs) 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 like you talking Kat Osterman who's like still involved in like the youth because she with the bombers and then Jenny Finch where she's out there tournament all the time she does amazing stuff still Yes, and she's like, she's she's there, and anybody I can talk to or take a picture with her, mm-hmm. she don't mind taking a picture with her. Yeah, she's one of the nicest people, really. Yeah, yeah. All she my really girls is. love her. Cause, cause you think about it, like it's Jenny Finch, USA yeah. pitcher, Olympics, and she out there like, like nothing, like an everyday person. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, it's so true, and. You know, I would laugh because 
a couple of my lessons are the same age of her as her daughter. So when they were in eighth, like eight, you kid or like where they, the coach pitch situation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of my lesson moms came back and she's like, I pitched a, I pitched against Jenny Finch this weekend and I'm just <laughs> tackling. She's like, you want to come pitch? I was like, you want me to throw a no hitter? <laughs> awesome. I can't throw to these kids, but I was like, I also don't think I could throw a strike with Jenny Finch standing over there, but the pressure, the pressure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the last time I talked to her, I think I got about four words out. So I would hope that it would be better this time, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember that. It was a hilarious time because yeah. I did not expect her to be there. And I was like, is that Jenny Finch? And somebody was like, I don't know. I was like, no, that really is just me questioning reality. Is that actually <laughs> happening right now? <laughs> That's but, awesome. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. Uh, so, um, uh, Katie, um, so how do you, like, so you're a coach, you know, high school, like you said, high school. And, like, how do you... How do you be the best leader to both teams? Um, I think just making sure that what I am saying to them, I follow. Um, because if you say something, you know, even the, the kids that I coach, I'm telling them to do something and I can't do it myself. They still notice, you know, and so like it goes back to that to that moment when we were playing that team and that coach tells me to stay in my lane, you know, just, I know that they're watching me. And so I need to make sure that when I'm talking to them about being respectful, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, you know, that they see me doing the same thing because you'll always hear me say, yes, sir, no, sir, to an umpire, things like that. Um, You know, and they have to see you, practicing basically what you preach um because if you tell them to do something and you're not doing it and they're like well why do we have to do it you know and i think i would get the most pushback from the high school girls because you know they're just kind of like well you're saying stuff to her why can't we you know and and you know so i think setting that example for them and making sure that you know, you're there 15 minutes early at practice. You're there doing what you need to do. You're telling us to do this, but you're also following the rules. And that's a big thing. Like I'm really big on communication. Okay. I'm going to communicate with them as best I can, as much as I can, because I need them to know that they can communicate with me about anything. Mm -hmm. Um, And so just setting the example and doing me basically following my own rules and making sure that they see that I'm not just saying it just to say it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so and Haley, like with your, you know, in your pitching lessons, when when you get the, the beginners in, like how how do you, you know, explain to them and lead them into the drills that y'all, you know, that that you have have to start doing from the beginning? Yeah, first, uh, first, I tell them how hard this journey is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, yeah. uh, because they have to go in with a certain level of an expectation. I think that this is not going to be easy and I don't expect them to be good at it right away. Um, Cause going back to what I said earlier, I don't really expect perfection and results. And I continuously tell them like, I am not looking for you to throw a strike. I'm looking for your mechanics to be good because when your mechanics are good, you will be accurate. Like, Mm -hmm. But if we're sitting here thinking that we're going to throw strikes and be perfect, 
and that 100% strikes in the, in the game is something that you want, then we're, we're crazy. <laughs> um, I, I tell him, I'm like, if you want to throw 100% strikes, then you should just be a batting practice pitcher and, you know, you'll be better than me because I can't even do that. But um, I think that's the biggest thing is I continually try and tell him, like, perfection is simply not attainable. And you're going to have to work really hard. And you cannot expect results if you are not working. I, I do not shy away from telling even eight-year-olds that this is going to be hard because they understand that, you know, they mm-hmm. have to understand that they do. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing, but um, even going outside of that, just showing them that failure isn't, isn't a problem unless you're failing to try, you know, if your attitude or your effort is horrible, like that isn't okay. You know, I'm okay with a ball in the dirt. I'm not okay with you, you know, shrugging your shoulders, dropping them and having a bad attitude and setting Mm -hmm. that boundary right away, I think is the best way you can set them up for success. Mm -hmm. Because all all those things can be, can fall in the leadership Mm -hmm. category if you think about it. Because you, like me, I always tell my kids is they never, you never know who watching. Yeah. Right. Like, Yep. Everything that you do, somebody is always watching. And my oldest one, she had to learn that the hard way. Mm-hmm. The hard way. Yep. She would do some crazy stuff and then come off the field and the random coach would be like, hey, girl, you did it. And she looking at me like, and I'm like, I told you, somebody always watching mm-hmm. you. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, so, and and so like, like, like Katie, right? You, you have the high school yes. girl. And then you have I've seen you had the the younger girls go to the high school games. Oh yeah, yes. Right? You know, and and so, do you think the high school girls are thinking about that they are being leaders to those younger girls while they on the field? Um. Yes, and then sometimes I think that they forget that. Um, we're only human; we all make mistakes. Um, mm-hmm. but I do think. You know, when my kids have come to watch the girls play, that they've always done a good job about, you know, we, again, talk a lot about playing with respect and being a professional on the field. Um, There was a game where things were unraveling and we weren't making errors. It was just, it didn't matter what we did. We couldn't dig ourselves out. And then all of a sudden, here comes the attitude. And mm-hmm. here comes the let's play the blame game. Um, and I and I remember this moment. We were playing a district game. And some of the girls on the team were in the stands. And after the game, oh, I was hot. And I was just and – it, and it didn't even matter that we lost. And that's what I wanted to make sure that they knew. I don't care if we win. I don't. I care mm-hmm. how you play the game and how you treat others um, and how, you know – you are supposed to be setting an example and that was horrible. You know, your body language and I'm really big on body language, um, kind of bouncing off what Haley said, like your body language is so important. And like you said, people are watching. And a lot of the times it's those little girls that are in AU, 10U, things like that, um, that are watching the older girls, um, you know, being too cool for school. Right. (laughs) Uh, you know, sometimes they try to be too cool. Um, you know, instead of focusing on what really matters and getting their job done and having a positive body 
you know, body language out there, um, even if things aren't going your way. And I think that is one of the toughest things is to stay upbeat when you're doing everything you can. And it's just, it's just not your day. Um, so I think that they, they know, but I think it's hard to really stay in that moment a hundred percent of the time, because mm. I mean, we're all human. We make mistakes. Yeah. Um, but just constantly preaching to them about, Hey, people are watching you. You know, even today, um, we had an org workout, um, and our team was the youngest team there and, you know, talking to them, you know, I thanked the older girls that were there just because like, they don't realize, yes, you're only a year older or maybe two years older in some cases that the girls on my team are looking at you standing next to them. Um, you know, and so I think the high school girls know, but it's just hard sometimes to stay in that moment a hundred percent of the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Haley. Um, so how, how do you motivate your, uh, during your lessons? Like how, how do you motivate the girls to make sure they give their best effort? Uh, besides burpees, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, <I was laughs> kidding, but not really. Um, I think a lot of times it, I mean, it, let's see how to put this right. <laughs> um, I think a lot of them come in there and they want to work. And if they don't, um, I remind them like, Hey, you know, we can have fun because I'm, I'm, I'm a lot different as a coach as I, than I was as a player, as a player, I was very serious. You're, you're, it's not like a joking time for me on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm really sarcastic and I enjoy, I mean, softball is fun for me. And now that I'm not playing, you know, I, I guess my excitement in it shows in a different way because I'm not like immersed in my own world of my own performance, I guess. Mm -hmm. So I'm really enthusiastic. And so I generally start like that and it only changes when your effort changes and that I, you know, but I'm always very encouraging, you know, like I, I, like you, you can do this, you know, this is, this is not, this is not you, right? Like, let's take a step back. Let's take a deep breath, like get back in here and let's just work hard because, you know, we're going to be here. Might as well get the most out of it. You know, I kind of go in that, in that direction and try to show them like being hard, be it not having a good day, you know, not feeling your absolute hundred percent best is normal. Like you're going to have those days. It's not, it's not the end of the world. I, it's, I guess that's the best way that I can try to motivate them is that if you don't let, let your let words, if you don't let yourself <laughs> get too high or too low in this journey, you're going to make it a lot farther because mm-hmm. like you can't, you can't get so complacent in the fact that you're feeling really good that you don't work. And then you can't just, you know, fall to the bottom of that valley and just get into the pit of despair that you're horrible and, you know, and not, not even allow yourself to go back up because you're so convinced that you're terrible, you know, and I've seen both sides, you know, you, you always see that girl where everybody knows that one girl that kind of peaked in that 12, 
13 age group, right? And then they thought they were so good and then they kind of just flatlined, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's what I keep telling them. Like, you know, like being good is hard. Like that's yep. why there's so few people that are good. So you have mm-hmm. to come in here and you have to work hard. And if you're, and this is where the burpees come in. Um, if you're not going to work <laughs> hard, you know, at pitching, we're going to work hard <laughs> no matter mm-hmm. what. So right. let's do that. Um, I will say to the burpees are earned. Um, <laughs> and are. There's specific rules and they know this, that if they say, I don't know, and I sh- or shrug their shoulders, I think in some cases, you know, I don't know is a fair answer, but most cases not. Um, or that they can't do something, they automatically have to do five push-ups. So it makes them reflect back on their answers and think about how they're actually presenting themselves, um, mm-hmm. which I think is really big because, again, like like you were saying, like body language, huge, yeah. right? Because it only it doesn't only affect you; it affects the people around you. You know, um, so I only I only feel like there's been a handful of times where I've had to really bring the hammer down I don't like doing that it's not fun but it's, you know, it's got to be done sometimes and Katie the same thing for you same question um just being positive with them I am more on the positive side when I coach even with the high school girls um, I need to incorporate this I can't push up thing because I like that. So I might start doing that. That's awesome. <laughs> it's um, great. It's like even the other day, um, we got some freshmen in um, and she's like, oh, I just can't do that. And I'm like, can we not say that, please? Like, you know, because freshmen come in, they're learning how to lift. Um, we have a really good strength and conditioning coach on our in our on our staff. And so you know, she's doing all these things with them. And so these freshmen are having to come in and like learn all these new lifts and, you know, and I just can't do it. So I need to incorporate that. But, um, just being really positive. Um, I'm going to let them know when they mess up my 2012 group and my high school group, but I'm also going to let them know when they do something great. Um, and I think them knowing like, Hey, I don't care if you fail. Like that's, that's not, you, you're not going out there to make an error. You're not going out there and saying, okay, next ball that hits me, I'm just going to biff it. And you know, whatever, like nobody out there, no kid out there is trying to try to make an error. And I think that trying to be positive with them. And even if they make that error, like, I don't, I don't need to tell them like, Hey, you just cost us this. No, let's be constructive about it and be like, Hey, Next time, let's open up our feet and just kind of move that, you know, go go backwards to it, you know, take an angle or, you know, something like that. Being constructive with criticism goes mm-hmm. a lot further um, because I'm not here to beat kids down. That That's not let's beat them down to pick them up. No, that's that's, you know, I'm very different um, in that aspect. And, you know, Haley said, like, you know, you're coming out here to work hard. Please don't waste my time because I'm giving you all of my effort at this moment. I need you to do that for me. And I think yeah. being in a positive environment, um, you know, don't get me wrong. I've been hot before and told them to get their head out. Uh, not my 2012s, my high school girls, <laughs> you know, um, in the moment, you know, but then I have a conversation after the game with, you know, cause I did say that, uh, you know, a few other choice words. Um, and after the game, we had a conversation. It was a really great conversation. And, you know, I think, 
also to communicating with them, letting them know like, Hey, like nobody here is upset with you. This happens. Um, let's, let's correct it and let's move on. Um, so I think creating that positive environment in high school and with the 2012s has really helped our team a lot. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and so how did, how did leadership, like, how did, well, how can I say it? When you, when you talking about leadership to, to the, to the girls, like, how do you get them like if someone come up and ask you like, like, Hey, like what type of leader am I? Like, how how would you explain to them, you know, like, look, okay, you are, you, you talk a lot. So you might be, you know, this type of leader, you know, this lead, this person, she don't really talk that much. She just go out there and just do all her work. And, you know, and so you, you, this type of leader, like, how would you explain if if a younger girl come up to you and and ask you like that question? I think honestly, I would be like, well, what what are your thoughts? How do you feel? What do you think? Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, I think with the twenty twelves, it might be a little over their head mentally. Um, uh, maybe not, uh, but maybe ask what they think and then talk to them about that. Because, um, like I said, like especially at Brooke, we have a girl, our shortstop, she's loud. She's a meat eater. Like she is like holding you accountable. It doesn't matter. You took a rep off. She's going to make sure, you know, you did. Um, whereas like our third baseman is more of like a soft spoken. She gets all her work done. She's like that silent, just leader, that silent person that, you know, this girl's probably doing extra reps. Like she, I told mm-hmm. her to do 20. She's doing 30. You know, and so I think really having that open dialogue about what type of leader they are and like how they feel about it and what they think and then kind of bouncing that off of them and just kind of being like, okay, yeah, you are right. You are this leader. Um, You know, you do all the silent things you do. You know, you are that leader Um, and just making them feel confident in how they feel about themselves. Mm-hmm. And Haley, the same same thing for you. If you had uh, during your lessons, if a pit, pitcher come and and ask you that question, yeah, I I agree. I I, ask, I do ask them a lot of questions anyway. You know, mm-hmm. um, I like to ask them. Like bef- even going back to the last question, like one to ten, how how good is your effort right now? Like what what do you think? You know, um, because I feel like they have an idea. I think in their mind of what they think and just like she was saying or what maybe they don't know how to express it necessarily, but they know what they're comfortable with doing. Mm-hmm. I always encourage them to come up with like a routine, like as a pitcher, like you should have your own little routine. It bugs me whenever they come in here and they just like catch the ball back up, like onto the rubber <laughs> and not even take any time, you know, like, are we paying attention? Are we focused? I don't know. You know, mm-hmm. I'm like, it doesn't have to be what mine is but come up with something for you and work it and do it every time, you know? So I, I do, I feel like reflecting it back to them, like, what are you comfortable? Are you comfortable kind of getting in people's faces and, and calling them out? Or are you kind of not that confrontational person? Do you want to be, you want to be the one that just does your stuff? You know, I think that's, the, I think that's the best way to go about it is, yeah. is reflect it back to them. I mean, at any age, I think they can understand like, there's some girls that tend to be a little bit more loud and there's some girls that are just comfortable, like doing their own thing. So, mm-hmm. 
yeah, I agree. Okay, okay. So Haley, I think you're you're now a, a com- communication leader. You're not a lead by example. <laughs> I, I have to now, be now. <laughs> so, so you know, if, if you think about it, if you're a coach, I think you will have to be. You know, both. Yes. Right. I think the one thing that I really like, and I and I don't know if any of the girls are paying attention, to be honest, but. And it comes out of me so naturally. Like I was the girl that you, you know, would be asking for extra, like staying after practice. Like, you know, when you're like, okay, you know, one more round or one more ball, one more ball, you know, like you're, mm-hmm. you're throwing BP and the BP pitcher's arm is falling off and you're like, no, like I want some more, you know? Um, but now even like, cause Tim practices in the cages next to me and, and I'm, I'm always joking with him. I was like, Hey, is it my turn yet? Like, can I jump in, take some swings, you know? And I feel like I hope they're paying attention because that is the only way I can lead by any example. It's not, it's not what I'm thinking about, but I want them to understand that like you can and you should be excited about practice. You know, sometimes I do show up to their practice and I'll bring my cleats and my gloves and I'll always go jump in with them because, you know, it's fun and I just like messing around with them. But, you know, I miss the game too. Um, and I know that, I think they, they I think they have fun doing that because they always give me a hard time if I mess up. But uh, <laughs> I bet <laughs> I'll be like, "Listen here, you want to do some burpees next practice?" <laughs> Keep making fun of me. See what happens. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I hope they're paying attention because I think that's one of the biggest things now is that they're doing so much they get burned out, and I yeah. think get excited about practice. And when you're excited about practice and doing every little thing, like the little things you're not going to get as burned out. I was, I was never burned out. I would literally go play again today. Um, because I, I loved practice. Um, I think I had more appreciation for it after I got, I got injured and redshirted, but you know, I didn't mind doing the work. So I hope they're paying attention. That's what I'm hoping is my example leadership there. I think they definitely, (laughs) honestly, I a hundred percent they're watching. Like, if mm-hmm. I see anything, like, I know that that is showing them. So, they definitely are probably watching every little thing you do, especially at practice. Or, like, yeah. if you take extra. So, yeah. yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm just not on the leadership thing, but you just brought it, brought it up. So, I thought I'd just stay on it a little bit. So, you just said about the burnout, right? Like, I've heard so many people say, we got to stop doing this and we got to stop doing this because the kid is going to get burned. Me, my take on burning out is if the kid don't really love mm-hmm. the sport, then they will get burned out. What y'all take on it? I think I, that... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I just talked. Are you sure? <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I think every kid's different. Like, like you said, like, if they love the game and they're here and they're for it and you know, as long as they want to be there, I think they're fine. It's when, you know, cause I, when I used to give lessons, I could tell the kids that wanted to be there and that were excited. And I could tell when it was, Hey, their mom or dad is forcing them to be here right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you start seeing it when other things also get involved, like, Hey, can I, you know, me growing up, I went to one homecoming in all four years of high school, you know, 
Um, but that was a choice that I made because I loved playing. I loved, I loved it. It didn't matter to me. Um, but I think as long as your kid, like you said, like if those kids love it and they love practice and they have a good, you know, tribe around them and they have the support that they need. Um, I, I, I mean, you can push kids too hard and that's where, you know, I see some teams and it's like, you're pushing them to the brink, like let's break them down to build them up. And I think when you get in an environment like that, that's when that burnout starts happening because it's no longer fun for them. You know, they're not confident and they're going out there and they're like, Oh God, like, here we go again. Like coach is yelling at me again, you know, or they're afraid to make a mistake, you know, because all you harp on is the negative things. You're never positive. And that I feel like an environment like that is what creates that burnout. I was about to kind of go off of that. I feel like it's less of a, we play too much or we Mm -hmm. practice too much. And it's more of coaching and like coaching that needs to be reflected on. I think it takes a special type of player to kind of be in that environment and not get burned out to be able to separate, you know, that coaching or that environment from their love of the game. I've had my fair share of not wonderful experiences with coaches and does it make softball feel not exciting, but you know, like a job it does. Mm -hmm. And that's definitely how I felt in some situations, but I understand that, you know, my situation isn't what, like how I feel about softball. I don't like this softball here, (laughs) (laughs) but I like softball. I like playing. Like when I do this on my own, I'm not, I don't hate this, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think that's, I think that's tough. I feel like in the younger age groups, there's a difference between, I think, burnout and some of the girls just like seeing other people and comparing themselves. Like, like you said, homecoming, I went to zero homecoming. Yeah. I only went to prom. Yep. Um, so a lot of them like want that social life and, you know, if you want to be really good at softball, you do have to make some choices. Um, You want to be really good at any sport that you're wanting to play at a high level, you have to make choices. So um, I think part of it is, is that, and more of like a phase that people Mm -hmm. tend to kind of over call it burnout. Um, That's my opinion on it because to me, I I can't relate as much because I, I personally wasn't, coming to my mom and dad and like, I want to break, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think even after college season, i maybe took a week off before <laughs> I started throwing to my dad again. And so. then you feel behind, you feel behind. Yeah. yeah you're like, Oh I, my gosh, I got to do something. I don't know how to sit still. So, you know, it's, yeah. And I, I think burnout is more of a situation, a coaching situation mm-hmm. where you need a better environment instead of, yes. You should yeah. change the scenery. Um, the biggest thing I ever, or I guess not the biggest thing, but the best thing, you know, I've come across was, you know, kids don't quit sports, they quit people. And that's where that coaching part comes into it is they might love the game, but like Haley said, just the situation, like we have to change the environment for this kid to love, love it again. Um, you know, that has always, that quote has always stuck with me, you know, and I do believe that, like, 
kids don't quit sports. They want to play sports. They want to do that. They just, they quit people because maybe they feel like, you know, this coach doesn't believe in me and my confidence is so far gone, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually similar to the quote I put on his Facebook. Ah, nice. I said, I said, um, you know, they don't care what you know until they know that you care. Yep. And that right there, I mean, I'm not going to, like, if, if I don't think you believe in me, then why in the heck am I listening to you? Why am I here? You know? And I think that that's where we start getting this burnout issue. Because yes. they're like, I feel like I have, because you feel exhausted having to fight for your own respect, I feel like, because there is a respect level between mm-hmm. a coach and a player, but coach should respect that player and and understand that like they're there working you know they deserve a certain level of respect and belief in them because you know they're they're trying you know and that's why i i ban you're not trying like that's a horrible phrase and i think that's (laughs) the world's worst one that i could think of in my entire playing clear in my own like when somebody said i'm not trying i'm like excuse me i'm here I'm doing it, you know, it's, it's exhausting fighting for your own. Yes. Self. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. I agree. I agree. So I want to thank y'all again for being on the podcast, blessing it for the second time. Both of you is, is really a, a good privilege talking to former players that, you know, been through it and not just somebody that started coaching out the blue. Yeah. No, thanks for having me. I always like talking to you. So, <laughs> yeah, thank you for having me as well. Oh, uh, yeah. So, we'll keep and it. Haley, it was nice talking to you as well. Yes. Yeah, super thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. All right. So, thank y'all. Thank you. All right. Bye. I thank my boy, Mike Estrada, for getting the logo right. So, all my small business owners. If y'all need some logos, y'all hit up my boy Mike, man. I'll let my boy Thomas. He's still out here getting them kids right. So y'all speed and agility, y'all need to hit him up. He got some quality work. My boy Jeremy with the tent. Go follow his page on Facebook, GTZ Window Tent, and, and hit him up, man. Y'all get them appointments in. Levi's reads some more. Let the wife get them doors looking good. You know them doors might be naked, so go ahead and let her get y'all right. Levi's mobile detailing just a call away from getting them cars to looking brand new again. So y'all hit us up and we ready to get some work in, all of us. <laughs>